I'm Samantha Bove, and this is She's Too Much. This show is for the woman who's been told that she dreams too much, talks too much, cares too much, thinks too much, feels too much, needs too much. And I say it's about damn time that we are even more. Because that thing you think makes you too much is the exact thing the world needs more of. So usually when I hear people bring up breaking out of the matrix, I immediately kind of roll my eyes a little bit because I think that the approach that a lot of people give in this wellness, personal development, manifestation industry and world is you have to leave the nine to five, not have a boss. It's very extreme, like never eat sugar again, cut out coffee, cold plunge every day, you know, bathe your booty hole in the moonlight at least once a month and, you know, do all these extreme things, homestead and just like really go against the grain of society. And that's just not really me. I like to have a glass of wine and I like to have sugar when I feel like it and eat croissants and smoke a little weed when I want and also like I have done ayahuasca and I do meditate most days and my connection to God is the most important thing to me which is God universe spirit mother nature and I am deeply committed to making sure that I am not living a life that is inauthentic to me and that I'm only living based on the programming of my upbringing being in the school systems and so and watching television and movies and all these things. So that's the conversation I want to have today is this new realization I've had about one way that I have been living inside of a deeply conditioned program that has really kept me out of not only my power, but specifically out of my power as a woman. And for anyone who feels like when you hear breaking out of the matrix or programming as like, oh, this is conspiracy nonsense, I really want you to keep listening because programming happens on a subconscious level through any time you are in a hypnotic state or any time you're experiencing, you're listening to something or experiencing something in repetition. And so, for example, a hypnotic state would be when you're driving and you're listening to a song or when you are sitting in a movie. Your brain, the wavelengths that it goes in, actually does not know the difference between if you are experiencing this thing firsthand or if you are just watching it. So heartbreak, think traumatic scenes, especially when your brain is not fully formed. When you're a child, you're way more susceptible to internalizing those experiences and really holding on to the emotions and the sensations and the programming that those movies, songs, and experiences have um, imprinted on you. So think hypnotic states. Also, programming happens in repetition. So think school. So how many times you have been told, you know, if you want to go to the bathroom, you have to raise your hand and ask permission. 
Um, you have to closely read directions. You have to say please and thank you. There's also things that are positively programmed into us, like manners or looking both ways before you cross the street. So programming is a natural part of life and a natural part of how you teach someone to do something. And because in America, we grow up in really all parts of the world, a patriarchal society, there is a lot of programming that has to do with women playing the victim. And that's what I want to talk about today. And this whole train of thought happened when I heard actually something on Instagram by uh, Meredith from Grey's Anatomy, real name Ellen Pompeo. I may be saying that wrong, so someone please tell me so I don't sound silly. And she said in an interview, there's two roles women fit into, victim or villain. And it really stopped me and woke me up from this narrative that I had been playing for weeks around my home. And I was painting myself as the victim. And what I realized was is so I have a leak in my roof and it's New York City. Half of my apartment has been flooding every time it rains. And this property manager guy is just not really communicating with me at all about the status of what's going on. It's really frustrating. I'm like, am I going to have to move? Do I have to pay rent? What's going on? It's frustrating. And I have been completely villainizing him. Every time my girlfriends ask, like, what's the status of the house? What's going on? I'm, I could feel myself being like, yeah, well, this jerk won't get back to me. And then he has been saying, oh, well, it's the building owner. You know, he just doesn't handle these things well. And he hasn't been getting back to me. And I realized, oh, this is a chain of villainizing one person after another. And I imagine if I spoke with the building manager who just doesn't want to pay for the roof leak apparently yet, because he doesn't have the money, I'm sure that there's a reason there's someone that he would villainize as to why he didn't have the money, whether it's his parents or his bad luck or God or just money being the villain. And I realized every single time that I villainize someone, I automatically make myself the victim. And victims are helpless. Victims need support. Victims feel, to me, sad and small. They don't feel like the energy of someone who is walking in faith, who is feeling the support of the universe no matter what is going on. And this is not speaking to victims of sexual assault, of refugees, of abuse, anything like that. I'm talking about playing victim on a daily basis when no one really is being a villain to you. There's really no abuser in the situation. It's a roof leak here. And it made me think, wow, how many times in my life, how many times in my day am I villainizing things and people and making myself the victim? And in making myself the victim, I outsource all power. I outsource all responsibility. And I also outsource my faith that, oh, wow, what if this circumstance in some way, shape, or form could actually be beneficial for me? And now, let's talk about spiritual bypassing for a moment because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, let's get from, oh, my roof is leaking and my apartment is flooding and I may need to move out and there may be mold growing behind the walls because nobody is fixing this. Oh, but, you know, even if I got black mold poisoning, it would really work out for me. We're not talking about that. We're talking about looking at a situation deciding that no one is at fault here, that this is the situation, 
being neutral about it, and then also looking at the emotions that are coming up and just being with those emotions, not blaming anyone for causing those emotions, not sitting in fear that I'm going to feel more emotions and more turmoil if I have to move and playing out all of those scenarios, just being with those emotions for a moment, letting those emotions move me, teach me, show me something, because that's all big emotions do. That's all fear does. They're showing you something. They're saying, hey, hi, this is your shadow. Hey, pay attention to me. I got things to say here. Sit with me for a minute. Be with me for a minute. Make art out of me for a moment instead of ignoring me and villainizing someone else. And I think we often step into this victim role because we don't want to sit with those shadow parts of us. The parts that are scared, the parts that are angry, the parts that feel frustrated, and the parts that feel hopeless. And it's amazing because the minute I stopped villainizing this property manager was the moment that I started to feel some type of hope and some type of new perspective shift of, oh, wait a minute, if half of my apartment isn't working, that means that really I'm going to be paying at least half the rent, which is a nice chunk of change for me to have. Okay, cool. Well, that's kind of a positive now. And I've sat with these emotions long enough to feel them and to observe them that, holy moly, I have written like 15 poems this week. (laughs) Because out of my frustration and fear of having to move again, I allowed all these things to bubble up. And I realized I'm kind of sad about a lot of things. (laughs) And sadness makes for some really great art. So I've shifted this experience of one that is frustrating and one that I feel helpless in to one that just is. This is what's going on. It's no one's fault. And I'm not the victim here because at the end of the day, I know that I can hold myself. I know that I am always my own rescuer. I am always my own hero of the story. And with that decision comes peace, comes faith. And it's the decision to have a perspective around myself as a woman who has got herself, who doesn't need saving. And I just think about how truly programmed we have been to always see ourselves as the victim. And I think about it in the sense of like how many plot lines of shows and of movies have we seen where the man is taking his young child in the middle of the night tiptoeing out of his house because he has an abusive alcoholic wife. You never see that. It's always the woman who has an alcoholic husband or drug addict or anger management issued traumatized husband who, oh, just happens to work on the police force so she could never go to the police, which I'm sure this happens. And she has to sneak out in the middle of the night and then you know, take lessons to fight and buy a gun. And, you know, this is like classic J-Lo, which is an amazing movie, J-Lo enough movie um, plot line. But you never see it the other way around. And I'm not saying that we should stop making movies like that. I'm just saying that we have to be aware that that is a program, that women typically are the victims. And that's the reality. Women typically are the victims of You know, you don't see most serial killers being women, right? And I can't go down this rabbit hole. I definitely need an expert here as to why and all that. But what I'm saying is that's out there. Oh, okay, yeah, of course that's a woman. If it was a man, that would be weird. That wouldn't be normal. That would be abnormal. And so we have to be mindful as women 
of automatically putting ourselves into that role when society has been placing us there for centuries. So the best way that I've found to really feel like I am in the driver's seat of my life and I am the one who is in control and I can hold myself through all situations is just stop making other people the villain so that I don't have to play the role of victim anymore. And so I hope that this gives you a point of reflection of who are you making the villain in your life. And this is not to say absolve them of all of the things that they've done and bring these people back into your life that have hurt you or abused you. No, no, no. It's just an opportunity to reflect and see, huh, I am villainizing my mom. Wow. Because as long as I villainize her, I make myself the victim. And is that the role that I want to play? And maybe sometimes it is. But for me, long term, that's not the role I want to play. Am I making money the villain or lack thereof? Am I making the patriarchy the villain? Am I making my parents the villain? Am I making food the villain and the temptation of it? Am I making these people I see on Instagram who have more luck or more beauty or more privilege or more followers, am I making them the villain? What about time? Am I making time the villain? Not enough of it. It's going too fast. People are taking it. And lastly, what about myself? Am I making my indecision the villain? The reason for my problems? What about my fear? Might be my, my ADD or my messiness or my inability to focus. Is social media the villain? Is that the problem? Evaluating and assessing what titles, what energy I'm putting into demonizing things in my life to essentially let myself off the hook of having to deal with it and having to sit with the emotions that it's bringing me. And that's what I got for you today. I am in New Hampshire right now. If you follow up uh, at she's too much or at samantha.bove on instagram you'll see me recording these podcasts and right now i'm watching two of my girlfriends take photos of each other <laughs> one is butt naked in a forest with a flower crown on and she's <laughs> just absolutely loving and celebrating her 30th birthday so i'm gonna go do that and play and celebrate the seasons changing. I think next week I'm going to do an episode on the seasons changing and assessing if you feel like you're on the right path and what you've learned from this summer. Oh, this summer was so major in all the ways. And I encourage you to check out samanthabove.com forward slash intuition if you want some fun ways that you can enhance your intuition and spend some time on the weekend not shopping, not drinking, not eating, but just really, truly having fun, playing, connecting with the universe and connecting with that part of yourself that knows that holy, holy knowing. And if you're interested in in-person events, go to samanthapope.com forward slash Reiki retreat. And I'm sending you so much love. I will see you next week. Bye, everybody. You got this crazy.